0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our I Am, Jesus in His Own Words Sermon Series. This series explores the I Am statements made by Jesus and how these two words and his statements that follow tell so much about who Jesus is to us and to the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. So today we're going to be looking again at uh, Jesus and his own words. And um, as we want to, as I start this morning, I just want to share with you just a, a little personal story. Uh, um, I'm a little jealous of my, my son and wife. Uh, today they begin uh, a hike. In Nepal, it's called the Annapura Circuit. It's a uh, hundred miles plus, plus. Um, and uh, I'm I'm just a, a little jealous because I'm a hiker, and uh, and this sounds like an amazing hike. It's, apparently, it's I knew I didn't know a lot about it until they told us they were going, and so apparently, it's really an amazing part of the world because uh, Nepal in this area goes through many climate zones. So they'll be going to little villages and rice paddies, and then they'll be going along uh, in the shadow of the the Himalayan mountains, and uh, they'll just be experiencing all kinds of things. And it's exciting. Now, as I said, as a hiker, I'm pretty jealous. But as a dad, I'm a little concerned, um, you know. I, I was thrilled to hear that they are going with a guide. Um, but, you know, when my, my son shared this with me, I began to pepper him with uh, questions about, uh, you know, what kind of gear they were taking, what kind of preparations they uh, were making. And though he didn't say it, you could sort of hear that dad kind of expression coming through the, the text. Um, you know, but the deal is this, you know, I've done a lot of hiking and I know the essentials that... Uh, you need to take with you to hike well and to survive. And I want them to hike well and I want them to survive. I want them to come back. So, you know, as I think about survival, you know, I think we've all figured out in this, in this world, uh, you know, what are some of the basic things that we need to survive? Uh, you know, we need food. We need clothing. Uh, we need shelter. And this morning, we're going to look at one more thing that I think is a very important, critical, essential thing that we need to survive. And we're going to look at this straight from uh, the words of Jesus. So if you would, bow your heads with me and let's pray. Uh, Father, as we come here today, we we come here to recognize that you are God and, and you are all that we need And you give us all that we need. And so, Lord, as we open your word, we pray that you would speak to us and that you would guide us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the first thing that I want to say this morning is a two-word phrase, and you've heard it before. It's, I am. Now, that phrase is so important and so significant. 2,000 years ago, and, and today it is also. And Jesus Use those words. And when Jesus said those two words, people living in the first century country of Israel would have been startled. And uh, it would have stopped them in their tracks. And some of them would have been outraged because they would immediately understand that the person saying, using that phrase about themselves, would be claiming to be God. Now, bear with me if you know some of this, uh, but we're going to go a little deeper this week than I did last week. When Jesus referred to himself as I am, he was using the name reserved for God. And Jesus was saying that he is God. The phrase for God's name traces its origins uh, back to uh, the beginning of Scripture where we see Moses and God having this interaction. Uh, God has chosen Moses to be his spokesperson, his spokesperson to go to Israel who were in captivity in Egypt and to speak to them and to speak to the Pharaoh, to basically tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. And I just want to share with you part of the conversation that transpired between Moses and God. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So when you and I hear that God said his name is I am, that, that hits us a little bit uh, odd, but uh, theologians point out that that name points to the fact that God is self-sufficient in himself. And theologians have a word for this. It's called aseity. It's the theological uh, idea that God is self-sufficient. And uh, basically it means this, that, that God in, his, in who he is is completely independent of all other things. That God is completely self existent, that He doesn't need anything else. As one theologian says, God is the uncreated creator. The uncreated creator. So, God is the source of all things. God is the one who originated everything. God is the one who sustains everything that exists. The aseity of God means that He is the one in whom all things find their source, their existence. And their continuance. He is the ever-present power that sustains a life. There is no other source of life and there is no other like him. So God is, I am who I am, self-sufficient, self-existing. And we can say there's no one like our God. And no one takes on God's name unless they are God. Now, honoring God's name uh, was something that, and his reputation was something that was important to God, and it was important to Israel, and uh, Israel was commanded not to use God's name in vain, and to do so was considered blasphemy, which was punishable by death. Now, when it comes to Jesus, Jesus knew that he was with God before he came to earth, and he knew that he was God when he came to earth, and so... He knew that he was God the Son, or should we say, I am the Son. And in fact, he referred to himself on many occasions that way. In one occasion, this is what he said from John chapter 8 Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. And the scripture goes on to say that when the people heard this, they picked up stones to stone him, but but Jesus slipped away from the temple grounds. Now, it's important for me to remind us of how huge and significant that was when Jesus embraced the title, I Am. And it's important for us to recognize that Jesus is openly stating that he is God. So we've been looking at these I am statements. Last week we looked at I am the resurrection and the life. Today we're looking at I am the bread of life. Now remember when I talked about the essential things that we need to survive. You know, things like food, water, shelter. And I said there was one vital thing that I think was missing. The missing thing is the bread of life. The bread of life is an essential Thing for our existence, for our life, and for our survival. And think about it this way. Bread is considered a staple food. It's basically a basic dietary essential. Um, a person can survive a long time on only bread and water. And bread is such a basic food item that it becomes synonymous with food in general. Think about it this way. Um, when, when we talk about having somebody over for a meal, sometimes we say, hey, you want to come to my house and let's break bread together. We may even say that even if there's no bread being served with dinner because it becomes synonymous with food. It becomes synonymous with nourishment. And, and so regardless of if it's served, we understand that it's a basic thing that we need to survive. Jesus is saying as the bread of life that he is the basic thing that we need to survive. He's an essential. He says we need him more than we need anything else. Just like we need food, water, and shelter to survive, we need him. Earlier in the the Gospel of John, chapter 6, Jesus said these words, and it's important that we understand them because he's talking about this. He says, do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Jesus is telling us that the food that we grow, like uh, the grains that, make, uh, that we use to make bread or the other food that's grown and harvested and, and that uh, eventually we purchase somewhere along the way, he says, you know, it's going to spoil it's, it's going to be thrown out because it's going to go bad someday if we don't consume it. But there is a food, he says, that will last forever. Jesus is that food, the bread of life. Now, he doesn't have an expiration date. So let's talk about this life. You know, this, this life that Jesus is saying he's the bread of. Um, What's he talking about? Is he talking about the here and now life that we have, or is he talking about the, the the future life when we when we go to eternity? What's he talking about? Well, here's what I believe. I don't believe it's an either or proposition. I think it's both. I believe that Jesus is talking about our life in the here and now and about our life in the future, and he makes it clear that he gives life. To those who believe in Him, and when you read John chapter six, you understand that He's talking about life now and life to come. in In a passage, uh, in the passage we read earlier, Jesus is clearly telling us that He's essential for life, both life now and, and eternal life. It's a promise that He's making. Uh, let's just look at, uh, I think it's probably a common assumption that we believe he's essential for eternal life, but what about life now? So let's look at one verse from chapter 6, verse 33. He says this, For the bread of God is, is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is saying, you know, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread that comes down from heaven, and I give life to the world. So by believing in Jesus and by knowing him, he gives us life in the here and now as well as the life to come. Jesus means basically is this. It's like I am the center of the life that I want people to live on earth. He wants us to know him. He wants us to experience this. He wants us to experience his provision for us for all of our needs. He wants us to experience his power in our lives, and he wants us to experience his presence in our lives. He is the life that we need, the bread of life that we need. Now, when we talk about human life, I think sometimes we have to clarify because sometimes we think about, Many different things. And when our world, when our culture talks about life and it talks about living the life or living the good life or, or having life to all its fullness, our culture sort of goes toward thinking about life uh, along the lines of uh, successfulness, along the lines of prosperity, uh, along the lines of of material standards, and that's how the world defines what kind of life that we should be. Now, let me be clear. God, through Jesus, is not talking to us about a life that's focused on materialism. It's focused on being a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say this. It's not to say that a follower of Jesus who who orders their life according to what Jesus teaches may, doesn't experience uh, successfulness or something like that, but he's saying it's not the main goal. It's not the purpose that God has for us. We have to recognize this. God is more concerned with our character and our relationship with him than he is concerned with our comfort and our wealth. What God wants for us is to understand that he's going to provide for us. He's going to give us the power that we need. He's going to give us uh, his presence on this earth and so that we can do his kingdom work. So Jesus gives us life by helping us understand our purpose so we can make a difference in this life for Jesus. Now, for some of you, that may, that may end up being along the, the lines of successfulness as the world defines it. Others of us, it may be along uh, different lines. But the deal is this, is that life has to be associated with Jesus. It has to be recognized that he is the one who gives that life. And that's why he says he is the bread of life. I am the bread of life, he says. Uh, one theologian wrote this about those I am statements He said that they represent the relationship of Jesus to our spiritual needs. And Jesus desired that we receive him not for what he might give us, but rather for what he wants to be for us. See, It's not about what we get. It's about what he wants us to be in relationship to him, his follower, his son, his daughter, uh, that is uh, a son or daughter of God. So when Jesus says he's the bread of life, he's saying, I want to give you life and I want to sustain it. I want to nourish it and I want to help it be strong and flourish for the glory of God. And I believe that Jesus means that for this life and the life to come, that he wants to do that for us. That's why he says, after he says, I am the bread of life, he says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me Will never be thirsty. He doesn't want us to hunger or thirst for him. He wants us to to come to him and receive it, and we receive it by faith. So, So let's let's talk about this idea of coming to God and believing, coming to Jesus and believing in Jesus. He says, you know, I will satisfy your hunger. If you believe in me, I will quench your thirst. If you believe in me, what he's basically saying is that I am the means to give you the life that you desire, that you hunger for, the the most important life, not the life that our culture or world says that is the life that everybody should have, but the one that he says we should have. And he says this, he says, the only permanent satisfaction for the human desire of life is the satisfaction that hinges around believing in him. This isn't new. Jesus says this through, throughout the Gospels. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, he, he says this in, in this, what we call the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So Jesus is saying, I'm the one who satisfies the hunger and thirst for righteousness in your life. I'm the one who will help you live a righteous life. It's something that I will satisfy in you. He's basically saying, follow me, it's the best way. It's the way to a righteous life. Now, when he's saying it's the best way, he's not not saying that we have to be perfect like he is, but he's telling us that we need to come to him and enter into that relationship with him, and he will give us the life that we desire, both now and in eternity. And that relationship with him is important because he will bless us as we come to him daily and as we follow him. Now, the question that we have to answer is this. How do we do that? Well, we we believe in him and then we seek to follow him. Uh, When we do that, It sounds both simple and challenging. If we say we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross and paid for our sins, and that he rose from the the dead, we're saying we believe in him. And that choice, in many ways, is simple. But it's also challenging because it's going to challenge the cultural norms of the world that we live in. It's going to challenge some of the assumptions that you've made about your life. And quite honestly, when you begin to read God's words, God's word, it's going to begin to challenge some of the things that you thought were from Scripture, but they're not from Scripture. They're from our culture. Simple but challenging. In another place in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said this from Matthew chapter 4. He said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That statement tells us this, that, that God's word, and more specifically, God's living word, who is Jesus, will fill us and sustain us in this life. You know, I think about this for many people they're challenged when they read the Bible, they're challenged to understand it. They're challenged because in many ways they say, well, if this is what I have to do to live a good life, then I'm not sure I can do it. But you're coming at it from the wrong attitude. You're coming at it from the idea that this is about a behavior modification plan. You know, following Jesus isn't about modifying your behavior. It's not about 10 steps to successful living. It's about having a relationship with the Son of God. It's about knowing Him and believing Him and following Him. It's about doing that out of relationship. Then think that through. Every single one of us have a relationship with a person, a significant person in our lives. Whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter. But you have a relationship with somebody that. Is so important to you that there were are certain things that you would like to do in life that you probably curb because of that relationship. And you do that why? Because you want to modify the way you live? Nope. You do that out of love. You do that out of a relationship. You know, so when Jesus says, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, he's saying, listen, I want you to read my word so as a follower you understand what I am what I desire for you to do so that you can have this abundant life while you live on earth. I, it's not about getting to heaven. You're, you're assured of salvation by faith in Jesus. But I want you to understand my command so that you will follow them and have this life. Not so that... It will become a list of do this, don't do that. But so that it will become a living relationship. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life and and all who uh, believe in me will never hunger and when you come to me, I will will quench your thirst. He's saying, listen, I, I have the best life for you now and forever. And it becomes a A place where we have to decide, will I recognize that Jesus is the bread of life? What I need to survive in this life and the life to come. And will I enter into a relationship? And will I take his word and study it and let it become part of who I am out of a love relationship with God? So that's the question that we have to Deal with today. What will you do with the bread of life? Well, you say, "Oh, wow, that's a really nice that's a really nice title for Jesus"? Or you recognize that he is something essential that you need for living. In just a moment, I, I want to move into a time of prayer, and, and as we do so, I want to give you. A, Two options for this prayer. For some of you, you've never said, I believe in Jesus and that, that he is essential for my life. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to do that just by praying a, a prayer that you can repeat silently. But for the rest of us, we have to maybe do some business with Jesus and say, you know, I, I haven't been uh, feeding on your word. I need to take it in. It needs to become a part of who I am I, I, because I love you, Jesus, and, and I, wanna, I want this life that you offer me, and, and I know that, I, that to have it in its fullness, I need to be connected with you in a more intimate and a deeper way. And so I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to talk to him silently. So let's just spend a little bit of time in prayer. I'm going to start off for that prayer for anyone who wants to profess faith in Jesus first. So let's pray. Father, as we come here today, we thank you that you sent Jesus down to earth and that he is the bread of life and that you've told us very clearly that, uh, Lord, if we believe in him and if we come to him, uh, we will never go hungry and we will never thirst. So Lord, I I pray today for that uh, man or woman or that boy or girl who's never told you they believe in you, Lord Jesus. And if that's you. Very simply, I encourage you just to pray this prayer silently at your seats. And and here we go. The first thing you want to pray is, dear Jesus, I believe in you. And then you need to say, Jesus, I accept your death for the forgiveness of my sins. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. And now I want to follow you forever. And then you can say amen, but everybody keep their eyes closed. We're just going to move into a time of prayer for everyone else. Uh, If you need to, you know, say to Jesus, I recognize you're the bread of life. You're essential for my living, and I have not been turning to you for the bread that gives me life now. And if you want to talk to him about that, so just do that right now in this silent time. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you hear our prayers. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.